couple of months ago, I was reading this article about uh, this uh, particular, this group of uh, farmers, uh, sheep farmers actually in, uh, in England and in Ireland. And uh, it kind of just described their life this, uh, in these very remote rural villages. Um, and it talked primarily about the solitude, kind of just the solitary nature of uh, life on these, these farms. Um, but what I remember more than anything from the article was this, uh, the description of this process um, by which the sheep were taken to the slaughterhouse. Uh, it was just a kind of a, a peripheral part of the article, but it's what I remember most. I, I thought it was like chilling almost. Um, the sheep were taken off the farm when it's time for them to be slaughtered. And they're led up into this big uh, truck, like a flatbed, flatbed truck, I guess. And then when they arrive at the slaughterhouse, uh, they stop the truck and they lower the gangplank for the sheep to come off. But they won't move. The sheep, uh, they refuse to move. Somehow they know what this place is and what happens in this place. It seems hard to believe, but they say it happens all the time. Um, some say they think it might, they, they're able to smell the blood in the air that just sort of surrounds this place of death. They don't know for sure, but they know that the sheep know what this place is about. And they've never been there before. You know, it's the first time the sheep has ever been out and about. But they know what this place is. Um, the operators of these slaughterhouses, they come up with a, they devise the way in which to get the sheep off the truck. They keep one sheep of their own, the owners of the slaughterhouse, and they take care of it. They keep it on the premises. They feed it, and they care for it. It's almost like their pet. And it becomes used to the place. It becomes used to what happens in that place. So when the truck arrives with these sheep and they refuse to get off, they bring this pet sheep out. And they bring him up the gangplank and he stands among the sheep for a little bit. And then he turns and he starts to walk off the gangplank, off the truck. And they follow him because he's one of their own and they trust him and then they're led to their death to their slaughter they give um, they give this sheep a name they call him Judas they call him the uh, the Judas sheep and they say every one of these slaughterhouses has one they're led by one of their own to their own death. In a sense, they're kind of betrayed by one of their own. I just was struck by that. Just the fact that they somehow know not to get off the truck. Something kind of almost heartbreaking about that. And then I was just amazed by this idea of this Judas sheep. This betrayer. And I've been thinking about Judas a lot 
this last week. He's a big part of it. Um, I googled, I was curious uh, how he was portrayed in art. So I googled uh, Judas Iscariot depicted in art. And I got this whole bunch of images that really uh, shocked me. The way that artists over the years have portrayed Judas. I mean, it's, he's beyond villainous. He's more like monstrous, almost cartoon-like, um, comic book-like. He's just so dark. He's so evil. He's so sinister. And I remember looking at these, these images and just thinking, like, no way. There's no way. That's just not fair. There's just no way Judas could have been the way he was portrayed in these images. I'm not making light of what he did. I just don't think he could have been that evil. Jesus wouldn't have picked a monster. The apostles wouldn't have put up with a monster. You know, in the gospel, when Jesus says, you know, he's talking to the Last Supper, he says, one of you is going to betray me. They don't all go and they don't all look at once at Judas and say, it's got to be him. They don't know who it is. They're saying, who? Who's, who's the one? He's not the obvious monster in the group. I don't think there was any monster in the group. He couldn't have been that bad. Anyway, I was uh, looking a little bit further at these uh, images, and I found one that I kind of loved. It's very different. Um, it's very simple. It's just this guy sitting down, and he's got his uh, hand on his forehead like this. Like he's got the weight of the world. Uh, he just, he's, he's, something's clearly bothering this guy. He looks like an apostle. Doesn't look dark, doesn't look evil. Doesn't look like a villain. But he looks like a guy who's uh, asking questions. With the hand on the head. I think it, it, what, what the questions I hear from the, for the image is this. Like, what have I done? How could I have done this? What was I thinking? How could I have been so weak? How could I have been seduced by this moment? What have I done? I think it's a painting or it's an image of us. It's not a monster. It's us. And I'd, I'd ask you all on this day to ask yourself this question. When are you Judas? How are you at times Judas? Because we all are. I think every time we run from whom we, who we are and who we should be and what we're capable of, we become a betrayer. We betray what we were called to be. We're not monsters. But we are betrayers. I remember having a conversation with this woman in the hospital. It was years ago. It was before I was a priest. I was uh, in the seminary and we were doing this hospital visitation program. And in all honesty, I, I hated it. I found it very difficult to do. I'm not good in hospitals between the blood and the the tubes and the smells, I'm always, I'm always on the, I feel like I'm on the verge of passing out, losing my lunch. So I'm always just nervous. Um, Father Anthony was a, 
and is well was a hospital chaplain. I, I, I have respect for hospital chaplains. It's just a tough place to be, an important place to be. And it was a place I didn't want to be. And, and honestly, what I used to do is sort of, I would almost hide. You had to go into these people who didn't ask to see you, who weren't feeling good. You'd have to introduce yourself. They'd be looking at you like, what? What do you want to, you want to talk? What do you want to talk about? It was very uncomfortable. It was very forced. There was little to say. At least I felt like I had little to say. So I dreaded it. And I'd kind of hide. I'd hide in, the, in those stairwells of the hospital, hoping that, you know, the hour or two would pass. Try to avoid my supervisor. It wasn't one of my prouder moments by any means. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have run. But I did. Anyway, I met this woman one day when I went into her room. And I think she was dying. She looked like she was. She had cancer. She had lost her hair. She looked terrible. We talked a little bit, and again, I was scrambling, looking for something to say, and I, I asked her if she had a, kids, and she said she did, and proceeded to tell me about them, and this was the worst of it. She talked about their absence, their absence in her life in these, that, the, this past, the previous year or two of her, her illness. They just weren't around, and they were nearby. But they just didn't see her. They weren't present the way they should have been. She talked about a couple of grandkids, the older ones, who kind of disappeared as well. And she was heartbroken. She couldn't believe that they weren't visiting her and weren't present to her. She felt, or she looked so betrayed. And what I remember, I will never forget, was this, these words. She said, the pain of, the disappointment of her kids is worse than the cancer. The pain of this betrayal is worse than the cancer. I think today is about, it's a lot of things, but one thing I'll just suggest you to, to give some thought to before the end of it. Think about some of your less proud moments. Let's think about our Judas moments when we should have been somebody, we should have been better. We should have been there and we weren't. And we're sitting like him in that, that painting with our hand on our foreheads just saying like, what did I do? What was I thinking? How was I not there? I was hiding in the stairwells of a hospital betraying what I should have been doing. And for God's sake, the children and the grandchildren of that woman were as well. Who have we betrayed? What are we betraying? It's not a pleasant question to consider, but it's not a pleasant day. In addition to being ridiculously cold, it's not a pleasant day. It's a day to be uncomfortable. To be Judas in that painting so let's all put our hands on our forehead. The Judas sheep. Let's become the hero sheep.